Welcome to Radio 815, the podcast dedicated to writer-director J.J. Abrams and also dedicated to the greater bad robot universe. I'm your host. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, joined as always with my fellow co-host Matt Crandall. Before we begin today, there is something that I need to get off my chest. For those of you who have been listening to uh, Radio 815 since the beginning, you may have noticed that episode 18 just didn't show up on your podcast feeds last week. And the reason for that, the reason for that is uh, a couple weeks ago, I went ahead and I lost my freaking mind. Um, I, uh, I got obsessed with giving you guys the best possible show that I could give you. And in my pursuit of trying to do that, I lost access to our original podcast feed. So if you are listening to this podcast today, you, you may notice that on the episode art for this episode, it says Radio 815 V2. And what V2 is, is just, you know, you could, you could say V2 is version 2 or volume 2. And what it basically is, is the same show with the same guys, obviously, and this new feed that you're listening to the show on now has all of our previous episodes, so there's no need um, to go to our original feed and listen to the old episodes there because the old episodes are here. Now, I apologize for um, the brand confusion and for all the bullshit that I've put our audience through uh, for the past couple days for anyone who for anyone who's actually noticed this. Um, all I tried to do was give you guys the best possible show that I could. And now looking back on it, I realized that I've already done that. I mean, we produce a, a pretty good solid show. I mean, not to toot my own horn because I do edit the show. I do you know, do some audio correction before you guys hear it. I take out all the crappy stuff and just leave the good stuff. So I hope I hope that you guys will uh, forgive me um, for this uh, egregious mistake. And I and I promise you that I won't uh, frack with the podcast anymore. What we're going to talk about on today's um, episode of the podcast is the season four premiere of alias entitled Authorized Personnel Only. Matt, what did you think about this uh, first part of uh, the premiere of Alias Season 4? So I really enjoyed it, and this is quintessential Alias, basically. It was written by J.J. Abrams and Jeff Melvoin. This two-parter is the final episode that J.J. wrote for the series as he got too busy doing... Well, Mission Impossible 3 and uh, other stuff. And what's also interesting to note is that this season of Alias was held till January. So usually Alias would premiere in the fall, um, but ABC had lost premiere in September of 2004. And so Alias was held until January. So when it came back, you know, fans had been waiting a long time to get back in and see what happened after that season three cliffhanger of Sydney finding the, the files that she was never meant to see, um, where we learned some horrible truth about Jack. And what's interesting is that in part one, 
that we're talking about today of authorized personnel only, we still don't know what was in that file. Sydney is still pissed off at Jack because of what she read in that file, but we don't find out everything that was in that file until a little bit later. So they're drawing stuff out. But what I like is that this episode jumps right into the action with a classic alias opening very much like that big Super Bowl episode. This one starts with Sydney in sexy lingerie and she gets thrown off of a train. And then it says 72 hours earlier in Shanghai. And we're in the middle of a chase with Sydney and Rob Benedict from Felicity and Supernatural. I was mentioned Supernatural, but Rob Benedict from Felicity and and Sydney are running while Jet's cold hard bitch like wails and uh it just that whole, you know, sexy Sydney on a train, then going back to 72 hours earlier into this big chase scene where uh they run into the bathroom of like a goth club and she has to dress up I keep calling it uh, Richard was his name on Felicity, I think. And uh, so she dresses him up all goth like so they can escape the club. And uh, that was really charming and funny. And that leads into uh, an inquest where Angela Bassett, who's always good. Um, I love Angela Bassett is on this board and she says to Sydney, like you crossed the line, you've done too much. I'm done putting up with this. And you're going to be benched. And Sydney says, nope, I quit. I don't want to be benched. And how dare you? And that moment to me, I was like, oh, my God, Sydney quit. Like, this is nuts. And then we have the they had a brand new credit sequence, um, which I don't necessarily love, which is like a lot of quick cutting of Sid in different outfits as the the traditional J.J. Abrams alias theme plays. Um, but I love the simplicity of just the the black screen with the, the writing. So adding, you know, all of these, her in different getups for a minute and a half, um, I found kind of annoying, but I love that. Then when we get back from the, the new credit sequence, we find out that Sydney quitting was staged as part of a secret assignment. And she's in cahoots with Bassett. Um, and <laughs> she arrives and we find out that, Authorized personnel only. The title of this episode is actually a new secret black ops division that is being run. Basically, the the point guy is Arvin Sloan, which, as Sloan says in the episode, he said, this is the CIA's version of SD6, which finally, four seasons in, now we are back to almost the beginning because Jack, Vaughn, Dixon, they're all part of APO. And this is what SD6 was presented to us at first as a black ops division of the CIA, which of course it wasn't, but now they all actually are working for the black ops division of the CIA run by Arvin Sloan. And the mandate is the CIA doesn't want to know how it's done. They just want it done. And I thought that was really cool that JJ got to kind of reboot the show while also staying true to everything that had happened, but bringing it back to its roots where Sydney and Jack and Sloan are all working together as part of this covert secret division that nobody's supposed to know about. The one thing that I really liked in this episode is 
once the new covert, uh, uh, you know, section of the CIA is introduced, uh, the first thing that really popped in my head was the design of the new uh, lair, so to speak. I can't think of Yeah, like, word. like the Kelvin Bridge, almost. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah I, I really, really like the fact that the, the their lair is all white and um and if you notice a lot of the uh, uh you know Sydney Jack uh even Sloan Vaughn Dixon they're all wearing like black suits right mm-hmm. so so i just found that that was a feast for my eyes that i wasn't expecting as far as you know seeing richard again from from felicity uh was a joy and seeing him being made up into a little punk gothic guy was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. Um I I did like the fact that um our boy came back to write one more thing for the show. I enjoyed the Vaughn and Sydney interplay in this episode, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny because if you guys have been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you guys know how I feel about them. <laughs> right. So I don't know what it was. I don't know if JJ puts put some extra stars on it for me. I have no idea where that came from. But I also did like um the uh uh the adding of Angela Bassett as a mm. as a as a chief officer, you know, in charge or or a head person in the CIA. When it comes to the people who have given Sydney orders Angela Bassett has a has a has a presence of power and respect, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that any good person or any good character that we've met has held that kind of weight. Even even Dixon, right? Dixon is good, but Angela Bassett's better. <laughs> yeah, you know. So so to to see to see an actor like that inhabit this role of this high person within the CIA that gives. Sydney a chance to be a part of this team and then to not tell Sydney that oh the guy that's going to be giving you missions is the guy that you want to shoot yeah I thought you know I thought that was a wonderful um a wonderful cork that JJ added there um the other thing is that I did like the the overall MacGuffin that this episode presented to us which was the team is in charge with with finding this Russian scientist who who took this like nuclear core thing. Yeah, the, uh, I I thought that I thought that whole thing was kind of cool. Um, but I will mention that the second that uh, Arvin Sloan says the CIA basically wants this this division to be their version of SD six, right? Yeah. I said no. This this is not SD six. What this what this division is? This division is the IMF. That's what this is. It's not SD six. This is well, the IMF. Well, and even the the mission with the isotope and the, all that stuff it just feels like a Mission Impossible mission. And the fact that they brought in like you know Angela Bassett as the the CIA director. Um, 
who's playing the heavy. And later she would go on. And I'm sure this probably played a part because she now plays that almost exact same role in the Mission Impossible movies, um, which JJ produces. Bad Robot still produces, even if, you know, uh, Macquarie has taken over the reins. But I got to think that this sort of foreshadowed that in some way. But this episode totally felt like uh, a getting back to basics, Mission Impossible style um, version of Alias, where they're they're cranking the Rambaldi down and they're turning the Mission Impossible up. When we find out the state of Sydney's relationship with um, Jack, we find out that Jack is basically speaking to Sydney through Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that towards the end of the episode, Vaughn puts his foot down and he doesn't say, listen, you're not going to you're not going to use me as a conduit to talk to your daughter. If you want to talk to your daughter, you talk to your daughter yourself. Yeah, I ain't going to do it no more. Um, and I found that really interesting because I think that Vaughn in earlier seasons would have stuck his head in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think that Vaughn as a character has learned a lot from his ex-lover situation we'll just yeah he's been he's been through a a pretty big ordeal at this point where he's kind of cutting through the bs and uh you know he's he's been on too many sides of of it that he just wants to say like look i can't do that anymore i've i've been through too much so i'm not going to get in this drama that i don't need to be in the way that they painted the sydney and vaughn relationship in uh, in the season finale of season three, to me, it felt like at the start of season four, they would be hot and heavy. But the fact that they're not yet uh, is kind of funny. I, I just I just thought that they would be together at this point. Uh, mm. What am I saying, people? I don't like these people. Why am I talking about them so much? <laughs> I have no idea. See, no it idea. starts to grow on you. It creeps up. Yeah. And... Uh, I was gonna say one other thing I noticed. If you like, I mentioned that new title sequence, which I didn't don't like as much as the old one. Um, David Anders, who was Sark, was a series regular in season three, and he was part of the credits. And he has been demoted and removed from the credits, so he's not going to be around as much. Uh, I know JJ never really wanted him to be uh, a recurring, you know, main part of the cast. And um, that was one of the things he kind of course corrected when he came back in. Do you think? Do you think that he he did that from a complete from a story point, or he didn't like you know? I think what? it's I think it's a story point. To be honest with you, I think he just felt having a villain be around too often to make him like part of the team when that character was initially envisioned as kind of like the evil James Bond. Um, was just sort of like him pressing a reset button. And we haven't seen the last of Sark, but I, that is one of the things that, you know, season three, he was in the credits as part of the main cast and he is no longer there. You mentioned that you weren't too hot on the title, on the new title sequence. I wasn't that hot on the new title sequence either. Like for example, I didn't like that the the music sound like sounded like it was in a different key. And also I wasn't a big fan of the moaning. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm yeah. not I'm not a prude okay I'm not a prude right I'm right. a guy you know but I'm not a big fan of the moaning I'm like what what the hell is this yeah it's like some horrible remix of the theme and like I love the work that Chiquino has been doing but uh I didn't think that 
this version of JJ's theme really killed it. And just the way that the clips of Sydney are so fast and they're kind of badly masked into the titles just feels like a really dated effect, even for 2005 Mm. that it just, it just feels off. And they, um, at least I didn't notice the, the Rambaldi symbol that used to flash during the alias has been lost. Um, which kind of gives us a bit more of an idea of the direction of the show going forward. I wonder if JJ hadn't have come in and tried to course correct, what do you think they would have done with that, uh, with that tease that they gave to us at the end of season three? What do you think they would have done with it in uh, this, this, uh, the first part of the premiere? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I don't know what they were thinking when they, had Sydney read that information. Um, I feel like it was going to be something bigger involving project Christmas and her as a kid. Um, spoiler alert. Like that's not what it is and what it is feels like such a, this would be upsetting to Sydney, but like not rock her entire life when she finds out what was in that file. So I definitely feel that that is one of the the tweaks that JJ made when he came back, but I don't know what they initially thought was going to be in there, but I feel like it was going to be something like maybe a step too far or like sci-fi esque. And JJ was like, no, 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 let's roll this back to just something simple espionage kind of thing, you know, spy shit rather than, I feel like it was going to be some sort of weird captain America, super soldier serum sci-fi element that, uh, got walked back in the last hour. That would have been awful. That's the only thing. I think it would have been something horrible that would have like really stretched credibility of the show, which is why when we find out what it is, it seems less earth shattering than it was made out to be just because I feel like whatever it was supposed to be was nixed. (laughs) Like they, they ran it by JJ when he was, you know, meeting with the writers to see where season four was going to go. They told him what they thought was in the file. And he was just like, no, not a chance. Um, did, uh, did you also notice that our good buddy, uh, he's not our buddy. We don't know him. Uh, Ken Olin has been, has been, uh, uh, promoted to, I think it was associate producer this season. He helped shape the show, especially directing wise. Um, and so giving him a bigger role makes sense. And I know that, uh, you know, that um, JJ really respected him. And he is still one of the, like, really prolific TV directors who directs a lot of episodes of This Is Us. And uh, he, after Alias, he went on to Brothers and Sisters, which also starred Arvin Sloan, Ron Rifkin, uh, as Uncle Saul. The less said about This Is Us, the better on this podcast. If you're looking from a, a good writing perspective, yeah, let's not let's not go there. <laughs> uh, to, to go back to one of your points again, I really liked what you said at the start or close to the beginning of this podcast where this episode really felt like the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. JJ did such a good job of sort of uh, eradicating whatever the hell the writers were going to do before he got to sort of rework the premiere of season four. And he did such a good job at reminding us why we used to love this show in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
not to say that we don't love the show now, but the show now is so far from what it was, especially in season one and two. Do you, uh, am I am I talking out of my ass there, or am I making sense? No, you're making sense. Like like I said, it was a back to basics, you know, reboot of the show, basically to the the core essence of what it was without the double identity element. If you had to uh, give this episode a letter grade, what would you give it? Uh, I would give the first, like, authorized personnel only part one, uh, a B. I like the second half of this episode better than I do the first. Um, But I thought that it did a good job. It did feel like mission. uh, And I give it a solid B. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean you can you can hide something from me again, Matt. But if I'm not mistaken, someone someone that we know is actually going to pop up. Someone that we've seen before is actually coming back, right? I think she's coming back either this season or next season. I I, I can't remember because I've done some homework, which is kind of rare for me because I don't do homework a lot. Yep. Um, and I think that she's coming back either this season or next season. A lot of familiar faces that will make her return during this season right but there's one person that i'm looking forward to in particular uh for her to pop up back again because her absence in last season really felt strange to me which we've we we talked about yeah um if i had to give this uh first part of authorized personnel a grade i would give it i would give it a b minus i really really enjoyed it and that's not I'm not saying that because I love the guy who wrote it. I'm saying that because I, I just thought it, it, it was well-structured. I, I, I like the set design of the, of, the new, uh, of the new lair, so to speak. Yeah, APO. Um, um, I love seeing Richard again. That was awesome. Yeah, I love the Yeah, I love the uh, Vaughn and Sydney relationship. Oh, my God. Uh, something's happening to me. I need help. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, with that being said, guys, I think that wraps us up for this week. Uh, Matt, if the good folks at home want to talk to you about anything, uh, where can they reach you online? Hit me up on Twitter, at Matt Crandall. Guys, if you want to talk to me about anything, absolutely anything at all, uh, you can just reach me on Twitter, at CreekFanatic88. But until next time, for my co-host, Matt Crandall... I've been Marcelo Nostroza saying we'll talk back soon.